Thank you, George. Appreciate that. I appreciate uh, the Lord and, and the lifting up of his name. Amen. Exalt him. Here's our, our theme for the year through thee in 2023. Psalms 44, 5. Now, there was a mistake. This is a new one we put up. It did say right there in thy name, will we? We had we will. Anybody notice that? No, my mom noticed that. Where's she at? You on the second row? Wow. Anyway, so we got a new one in. And so we're going to say it right now. All right, this is the King James Version rather than the other version we had. So let's say it together, church. Through thee in 2023, Psalms 44:5. Through thee will we push down our enemies. Through thy name will we tread them under that rise up against us. Amen. That's the thing. We're going to win. I'm glad about that. Amen. All right. If you have your Bibles here, uh, turn to Jonah chapter 4. And as you're turning there, uh, don't forget about our Valentine's banquet on the 18th uh, of February at 5 o'clock on Saturday. And so I will be asking a few of you uh, couples to be part of this compatible game. And so I pray that you would uh, you'd say yes uh, in that. Now, we usually have five couples, but I think that might be a little too much this year. So we're going to cut it down uh, to either three or four and uh, so that we can uh, do that. All right. But uh, looking forward to that, we'll have the catering of food in there. We'll have Brother Gary give a devotion, and we will have fellowship uh, with one another. And we're looking forward to that uh, each lady who comes will have a special gift from us, and so we're looking to give that as well to you. Valentine's, amen. And so we're excited about that. We're coming to a close of Jonah. My, it's almost like a sweet and sour for me. I've, I've really enjoyed Jonah. I, I've never enjoyed Jonah so much in my entire life, but I've enjoyed Jonah. And I'm kind of sad tonight that I'm in chapter 4 and we're going to end. Uh, and with Jonah, uh, but I'm excited because we're going to begin something different next week, and so we've been preaching out of the Song of Solomon on Wednesday night. My, that's been good, and uh, in spite of the preaching, it's been good, uh, and what God has given us through his word, and I encourage you to come Wednesday night to hear more of Song of Solomon. If you don't understand Song of Solomon, most people don't. Uh, if you say, I'll read through it, I just don't get it, most people don't. I didn't. Uh, until you start studying it and put into application of what really taking place, boy, is it refreshing, but is it enhancing and enriching? And so we want to enrich your Christian walk. And Song of Solomon, I tell you, it's the greatest love song ever sung. And so we're excited about that as well. All right, let's stand our feet. Some of y'all just ripping the raring to stand up. I see it in you. And, uh, but uh, let's stand and we'll read the whole chapter tonight. All 11 verses. And uh, we'll finish out Jonah tonight with this thought. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. He prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying? When I was yet in my country, therefore I fled before unto Tarshish. For I knew that thou art gracious God, merciful, slow to anger, great kindness, and repentest thee of evil. That's my God. Amen? That's exciting. That's the God I have and the God I serve. Therefore, now, 
O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Then said the Lord, Dost thou, doest thou well to be angry? So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city, and there made him a booth and sat under it in the shadow till the night, till the might see that what would become of the city. And the Lord God prepared a gourd and made it to come up over the Jonah and that it might be a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. So Jonah was exceedingly glad of the gourd. But God prepared a worm when the morning rose the next day and smote the gourd that it withered. It came to pass when the sun did arise and God prepared a vehement east wind and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah. He fainted and wished in himself to die. It said, it is better for me to die than to live. And said to, and God said to Jonah, doest thou well to be angry for the gourd? And he said, I do well to be angry even unto, get, unto death. Then said the Lord, thou hast had pity on the gourd for the which thou hast not labored, neither madest it grow, which came up in a night and perished in the night. And should not I spare Nineveh, that great city wherein are more than three or more than six score thousand persons? that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and also much cattle. Father, as we come here to the end of the, of the story here tonight, and we just pray that we gain the truths that we need to have. God, that it would enrich our Christian walk. God, it would open our eyes, and Father, that we may see more clearly. God, we want to be tonight, your God, the best Christian that we can. God, we want to be a Christian tonight, Lord, that is uh, one that you may look upon and say, Thou good and faithful servant. God, we want to live our lives that are pleasing to the Lord. We want to be looking as if Christ is in us and on us and through us. And we want to please you in every way. And so, God, we're praying tonight, Lord, that you might show us some of our shortcomings. God, you might show us where we might stumble and fail. God, you might help us tonight, dear God, how to overcome of things in our lives so that we might be more profitable. God may be more useful to you. Lord, I ask you now to bless you with bless us tonight with your word. May your spirit tonight move within our hearts and our souls. Thank you for everybody that's come tonight. Bless them for their faithfulness. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Tonight the title of the message is Pathetic Christian. A pathetic Christian. You read chapter 4, and you can't help tonight, really, to come to that conclusion. You, you look at chapter 4, you see chapter 3, chapter 2, chapter 1. We've all been through the same every Sunday that we've been preaching on Jonah. And we come to chapter 4, and basically, only the really thing that you could say is, how pathetic. I mean, what a pathetic Christian that this is. And I pray this, this evening that you're not a Jonah. I pray tonight that you don't leave out of here tonight and as if you come in as a pathetic Christian, but you don't leave as a pathetic Christian. And so there's some things I believe tonight in Jonah that can help us not be a pathetic Christian. And so we find tonight, the first thing I want you to notice is that Jonah, before he became a pathetic Christian, he was a desired Christian. We find that in chapter 1, verse 1, the word of the Lord came unto Jonah. It was God that desired Jonah. Jonah wasn't just the only prophet, but God desired him. God desired him to go to Nineveh. God desired him to take the, the, the preaching to Nineveh. God desired Jonah 
to go and do the work of the Lord. Hey, it's a privilege tonight to be desired of God, isn't it? I mean, God desired that we be saved. God desired that we go to the world and preach the gospel. God desired that we give our family uh, the word of God. God desired that, that we live for him. God desired that we be part of his church. God desired that we'd be his body. God desired that we'd be his bride. Hey, it's, it's something to be desired tonight, amen? And so we find Jonah desired Christian. Number two, we found that don't Jonah was a disobedient Christian. We see that in verse 3 of chapter 1. But Jonah rose up uh, to flee unto Tarshish. Now we find ourselves sometimes as Jonah was in disobedient, aren't we? Sometimes we find ourselves where God gives us the word of God and we just disobey it. We find even at work, whenever the bosses or the authorities tell us what to do, and we just don't do it, we disobey. Even in our spouses tonight, and they ask us to do something or, or, or ask us or tell us to do something, and we just don't do it. Even in our homes as children tonight, uh, you just don't obey your parents. We find in many occasions, in many places tonight, even though we're desired Christian, we find ourselves sometimes disobedient. Amen? And so we, we have to just be honest tonight and where Jonah was. And then third, we find that Jonah was a disciplined Christian. And uh, we find in chapter 1, verse 15, not that he was disciplined, but that he was disciplined. We see that in chapter 1, in verse 15, says, So they took Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from his, her raging. We find that God said, Okay, Jonah, uh, because of your disobedience, you're going to be chastised. You're going to go to the place of being corrected. Uh, you're going to be disciplined by me. Uh, you're going to be sitting into the sea and all the sea that is going to take you, turn you, turn you over, push you here, push you there. You're going to go down to the bottom, seaweed around your head. And uh, finally, if it wasn't for me sending that whale to, to swallow you up, you'd die on the bottom of the sea. But because of the, the grace that I give and the gift that I give and the grip that I give, I helped you out, Jonah, but I am disciplining you. And boy, did he get through discipline. Amen. So you can find when you disobey God, you're going to get disciplined by God. That's just how God works tonight. It ought to be how you are parents that work tonight as well. We find here, fourthly, that he was a disciplined Christian, but he was a delivered Christian. Verse 17, now the Lord prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the, of the fish three days and three nights. And I just wonder tonight, as God delivered him, uh, God didn't have to deliver him. Uh, God wasn't uh, under any obligation to deliver him. Uh, God would be right if he had left him in the bottom of the sea. Uh, God would have been perfectly correct tonight, and he would have been righteous in doing so uh, to find that he would just kill Jonah. Uh, he would just take Jonah's life because of his disobedience. And, but we find that God didn't do that. God delivered him, and we thank God for that, and that he delivers us, don't he? That times whenever we get out of whack and we find ourselves in a wayward way and rebellious times, and, and we're having an issue with God or we have an issue with what God wants us to do and things of that nature, we find that we get disciplined, but God delivers us. And so we find a delivered Christian. And then we come to chapter 4 and verse 1. He is a displeased uh, Christian tonight. And here we really start the message. We find that he is displeased Christian. And the reason why we see that in verse 1 says, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. And what was he displeased about tonight? Well, he was displeased tonight and angry with God's will. That's what he was angry with, with God's will. What God willed, he said, I'm just angry with that. 
And I, I say tonight, many of us might be, and sometimes that it's God's will that you do what God asks you to do, and you get angry about it. You get angry about uh, loving, your, loving your wife as Christ loved the church, and you get angry about that. You say, well, I don't know. I mean, she is this and she is that, and she don't do that, and she does that, and she's this, that, and the other, you know, and I got to love her like Christ loved the church. Lord, that's your will? Wives, submit yourselves unto your husbands. You say, that old rascal man, that guy there, he's not worthy of my submission. He's not worthy of my subjection unto him. That cat there, I mean, you know what? He's just as bad as the rest of them. He's as sorry as the day long, and he don't do this for me, and he don't do that for me, and he don't fix this. I got honeydews, and the list just gets longer, and he just laughs when I say, listen, your list gets longer. <laughs> you know, he's just as sorry. He won't do anything. Is that your will, that I be submissive to my husband? Children, obey your parents. That's the will of God. Go to work. Amen. Bible says a man who don't work, don't eat. Man who don't work, don't eat. Man, man who does not provide for his household is worse than an infidel. I mean, listen tonight. Uh, that's your will that I get up in the morning and go to work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's your will that, that I protect my family as a man and I provide for my family as a man and as a man, as a husband, and as a father that I take care of everything and anything and, and bring it on. I got large shoulders and I got to carry the burdens for them. And yeah, that's your will, Lord. That's your will. And so we find tonight we get angry. And so Jonah, we find him in a place. He was furiously mad. That Bible, the Bible says he was very angry. He wasn't just a little angry. He was furiously mad. That word anger there, and that where you, when you put together with very angry, it means he was vehemently hot. You ever seen anybody like that? I mean, they went from zero to a thousand within a second. I mean, Fred, they were about to blow a gasket. Is that you? <laughs> Is that you? Whenever you get mad, you're not slow to anger. You're quick to anger. I mean, when it don't go your way, you don't get what you need, you don't get what you want tonight. I mean, you get very angry, and it, you are vehemently hot, red hot tonight. And that's the way, that's the way oh, uh, Jonah was. He was angry with God. He was vehemently hot. Hey, that word there means exceedingly burning. So we're not talking about Jonah. You say, Jonah, are you mad at God? Oh, just a little. No, that wasn't Jonah. You say, hey, Jonah, how's you and God doing? Y'all got a pretty good relationship? He said, oh, you know, we got a few disagreements, but everything's okay. Oh, that's not Jonah. You'd ask Jonah, Jonah, you angry with God? Oh, am I angry with God? I'm so mad. I'm so angry. I'm full of wrath. I'm telling you right now, I am burning up on the inside. You ever been like that before? That was Jonah. And he's all mad. Because of God's will. God's will. We find it was God's will to save sinners. It was God's will to deliver souls. It was God's will to rescue people. Chapter 3, verse 10. And he's mad at God's will. Now tonight, there may be a lot of things that you can get mad at, but God's will. Tonight, you may be justified tonight to be angry and hot and burning at things and people tonight, but God's will. We find tonight this displeased uh, Christian was angry not at God's will, but he was angry with God's words. Because see, in chapter 3 and verse 4, God said to Jonah, 
you, or you preach what I give to you, what I bid thee in verse 2. And then we find out what he told them to say in verse 4. And so the words that are coming out of Jonah's mouth in verse 4 are the words of God. Because God said, preach unto what I bid thee. And so now the words that he got was of what God would say to Nineveh. He's just the messenger, right? And so what did God say to Nineveh? He said this. He said, 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Did that happen? No. He's mad. He's mad at God's words. God said that he was going to overthrow them. Jonah, in his mind, in his heart, he's going to say, all right, 40 days, fella, and I get to see you burned up. Assyrians, Nineveh, you are the worst people in all the world. You are the enemy of Israel, and you've done some horrible things. You're wicked, you're evil, you're ungodly, you're pagan, you're heathen, you're so far from God. Listen, you deserve the punishment, you deserve the fire from heaven, you deserve an earthquake to split right down Nineveh and open you up and all go in, a friend, as it was in the days of the Old Testament uh, there. And so we find that he says, God... I'm exceedingly angry with you because you said 40 days and they're going to be overthrown. And guess what? They're not. And I'm a prophet. And the Bible teaches if a prophet prophesies and it doesn't come through, that that prophet is untrue. Does it not teach that in the Scripture in the Old Testament? Every prophet of God that prophesies, every one of his prophesying comes true every time. Guess what the prophet Jonah said? He said, 40 days and you shall be overturned. And guess what? Didn't happen. Jonah's angry. He's angry at God's words. God didn't do what he said he was going to do. God didn't finish what he said he was going to start. He's angry. He's angry with God's words. He's angry with God's will. But he's angry with God's ways. Chapter 4, verse 2. You know what your ways is, God? You got you're, you're a God that's gracious. That angers me. You're a God that's merciful. That makes me mad. You're a God that's a friend is long-suffering. Slow to anger. Oh, that burns me up. You're a God tonight that is kind. Man, that makes me hot. You're a God tonight that's just. You know what, Lord? I'm just angry with your ways. I'm angry with your words, and I'm angry with your will. I'm displeased. I'm a Christian, but I'm displeased. Have you been there before? Have you ever been to a place where you get angry with God and his words and his way and with his will? And then he finds himself angry with his works, with God's works. You see, God sent a preacher, Jonah. He sent a message. 40 days. He sent a salvation, faith, and repentance. And this was all God's work in the sinners. And for the sinners to be saved, guess who saved them? God did. And whose work was it? It was God's work. And who did it belong to? Well, salvation belongs unto the Lord tonight. And so Jonah, after those folks got saved, all of Nineveh looked at God and said, But I'm displeased. And I am very angry at your works. 
That's your work that you did. And tonight we find Jonah, a displeased Christian. Now I wonder tonight, are you displeased? Are you content? Are you satisfied? Tonight, are you displeased? I'm displeased with my husband. I'm displeased with my wife. I'm displeased with my account. I'm displeased with my work. I'm displeased with my health. I'm displeased with my bank account. I'm displeased with my church. I'm displeased with my children. I'm displeased with my mom and dad. I'm displeased with my cousins. I'm displeased with the world. I'm displeased with... Um, di are you displeased? Tonight, it's easy to become that way. And Jonah, we find tonight, he's displeased. And these are the why. We find also tonight, is he's displeased, but he's also angry with God's wisdom. Because see, what, God, what Jonah's saying to God was, is you made a mistake. You're not thinking very well, Lord. I mean, do you not know that these Ninevites, Ninevites, they were the most cruel people in all of the world? And here you go and save them. That's a mistake. I'm angry about you, Lord. Uh, the wisdom that you portrayed in this matter. I'm angry. I'm angry because you made a mistake. Lord, you didn't do right. It's not be real hard on Jonah yet because we get ourselves in these situations. When things don't go our way, things don't go, seem to go the way that we want them to go, people don't act the way we want them to act, and they don't give what we want them to give, and we don't become what we want to become. We look at God and say, God, you failed on this one. You didn't get right on this one, Lord. Lord, what do you mean? I mean, I thought everything was good. I thought everything was great. And look at what's going on in my life. Look what's happening here. Things are falling apart. Things are coming loose. It just seems like nothing's working for me. It just seems like everything just seems to fall to pieces. And you say, God, where are you at? Did you fall on this one? Did you fail? So he's displeased. Displeasing means that he was unhappy with God. He was disagreeing with God. And he was displeased with God. I wonder tonight, is there any Jonas in the house? You come in the church tonight and you are just angry. You're displeased. And I wonder tonight, could you be a Jonah? We find number two, not only was he a, a displeased Christian, but we noticed he was a dysfunctional Christian dysfunctional Christian and you say what does that mean well look in verse 3 tonight look what he said he said therefore now O Lord take I beseech thee my life from me for it's better for me to die than to live dysfunctional what what you're looking at God and you're saying to God God because I'm displeased and I'm angry with you because it's just not working out for me and it's not just what I thought would take place. It's not what I would, would do if I was you. And so you know what? Just take my life. I don't want to live no more. I mean, this is way too much for me. I mean, listen, friend, I, I've just had it. I'm done with it. I'm through. And so his wish, Jonah's wish, and his dysfunctional Christianity is his wish was to die. That's what his wish was. In other words, he wished to depart. He wished 
to deliver himself and uh, go away because he didn't want to deal with the problem. He didn't want to deal with the situation at hand. He didn't want to deal with the circumstances in which he now finds himself in and that anger towards God and because he didn't get his way. And dysfunctional Christians are like that. When they don't get their way, they run off. When they don't get their way, they run in the room and shut the door and put the lights out and go to bed at 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the day. Dysfunctional Christians don't want to face their problem. They don't want to face their circumstance. They don't want to face the situation. And they say to God, God, I just want to get out of it. I want to depart from it. Deliver me out of this situation. So I'm going to run. I'm going to flee. I'm going to go so I don't have to face it. You're dysfunctional as a Christian today by doing that. The Bible don't teach us to live that way as Christians. The Bible does not give us instructions and directions that when we come up to a problem, when we come up to a difficulty, when we come up to a place of, of being uncomfortable, that we want to die, that we want to leave, that we want to be delivered from that situation by getting out of the presence of it. The Bible don't teach that tonight for a Christian. What it teaches a Christian to do is to stand your ground, to hold your place, to get with God and then the right spirit and according to the word of God and the will of God and to give and explain what you feel, how you feel, and then listen to the other party and what they say and analyze it and put it together and then make a decision, but not to depart and leave and get in the car and go down the road and take a walk or go down the street or go to your sister house or brother's house or go down somewhere else go to the store or go to work however just get out of it that's not what God says to do that's dysfunctional and that's what Jonah did Jonah instead of dealing with it like a man instead of us dealing like a man or a woman we just want to run because we didn't get our way because it didn't go according to our plan because it didn't uh it, it's because it's not something that turned out to like what you wanted. So your answer is to die. That's a coward. Isn't that right? I don't want to ever be known as a coward, do you? I don't want to ever be known as dysfunctional. And I say to you, dear Christian tonight, friend, when you faced with situations and problems, stop running. Stop going to the house. Stop going to the bed and shutting the door and getting in the corner and turn the lights out as if everything's gone. That's dysfunctional. Guys are real bad about that. They get in their car, they're mad, they're angry, and they just drive down the road and go here and go there. And four, five, six hours later, you don't know where you've been. Don't worry about where I've been. Dysfunctional. Ladies are real bad about that too. They get mad and they run into their bedrooms or they run into a place and then whenever he shows up, they run into the couch. And when he goes to the couch, they run to the den. And when they go to the den, he runs back to the couch or back to the, back to the bed. You know, it's just one river. Where'd she go? Where's she? Where? Dysfunctional. Stop. Amen, Brother Larry. That's good already. I mean, we're just now getting into this thing and 
I'm telling you, it's already give me a help tonight. I realize I'm dysfunctional. To run from the issue, to flee from the situation, to escape from the dislike, it's dysfunctional. Now, is he, his wish received, but I notice his words. Look at verse 4. The Bible said, then said, to, to the, then said the Lord, doest thou well to be angry? And look in verse 5. So Jonah went out of the city. Y'all see that? I'm talking about dysfunctional. God said in verse 4, then said the Lord, doest thou well to be angry? Question mark. Do you see that? Did not God ask a question? What did he do? Jonah went out to the city. That's dysfunctional. When somebody asks you a question, you answer it. You ever talk to somebody and they're mad at you and they say, You hear all that? And they just walk away. Didn't I just ask you a question? But you don't answer it. Now let me ask you a question tonight. Who in here argues on text? That's dysfunctional. Who in here argues on like Twitter or like Facebook? Who in here like email? I'll tell you another one. That's dysfunctional. How about on the phone? Dysfunctional. Hello? Dysfunctional. Why? Listen, man. When you're, when you're there and things are happening and things are going on and you're angry and somebody asks you a question like God asked, asked Jonah a question and you just walk away. That's dysfunctional. Is that true? I mean, if that happens, you want to... You want to wring their neck. He said, didn't I ask you a question? Man, answer my question. I'm not asking my question. I'm going to go to my room. They run to the room. No answer? If somebody's talking to you and you don't answer them, you're rude. I don't care how mad you are. I don't care you're so mad you look like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I don't care tonight when somebody asks you a question like God asked Jonah a question. Do not give not an answer. Number two, don't not come to a place where there's no response. You just don't respond. Let me tell you something. Cowards, get on the text. I don't have my phone with me, but, but I tell you what, I can tell everybody off on a text. Right? I mean, they even got that spelling correct, Brother Charlie. I mean, they can't spell where to flip, but that's that, every time you put in a word, uh, receive it, it, it fixes it to I and the E and E and I, you know. And boy, you're sending it, boom, 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 boom. You're telling, boom, 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 boom. But I'm telling you, boom, 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 boom. Man, you're just laying down, you're throwing the bullets, you're throwing everything like a machine gun. You're just letting them have you on the, but when you see face to face, no response. That's a coward. That's dysfunctional. 
Amen. I'm trying to help us tonight in our life that we live. Because some of your marriages tonight, and some of your relationships tonight, and some of your parenting tonight, and some of your, some of your children tonight, and some of our ways at work tonight, and the way we do our business tonight, it's just like Jonah. When we get mad, the whole world's got to be afraid of us. When we get mad, buddy, I'm telling you, somebody got mad. Whenever I get mad, and I get very mad, and I get really, really mad, you better watch it, because if you ask me a question, I just won't answer it. I tell you what else I do. If you ask me a question, I just walk away. That's something to be feared. You know, a lot of times in this marriage thing, I've been married, I'll be married uh, 40 years here real soon. Ain't that something? That makes me old. Forty years. Good grief, man. I didn't think I'd be married that long. Forty years coming up this year. And I'm thinking out of all those years of how many times that we have wasted our lives because we've been angry at one another. God, forgive me for being a coward. God, forgive me for being dysfunctional. No, no communication does he give God. You know what? He's inconsiderate to God. Tonight, if you are one that's dysfunctional, and when you get angry and people ask you questions and you don't answer, you don't respond, you don't communicate, you have been disrespectful. You're inconsiderate and you're rude. Tonight, you need to make it right. You need to go to your spouse. If you're a child in here, and that's the way you did your mom and daddy, you don't answer them. Tonight, you need to go to your mom and daddy and say, Mom and daddy, I am so sorry that I'm a dysfunctional Christian. That I just didn't respond whenever you said something. And why didn't you do that, dear spouse? Because I was angry. Like that's an answer. <laughs> like, you do, like you're something special tonight because you get angry. We find tonight that that's uh, silence in God, uh, silence in God's rebuke. We find silence in God's reproof. We find silence in God's revealing. As God is asking Jonah a question on purpose to rebuke him, to reprove him, and to reveal him. He's saying to Jonah, he said, Jonah, may I ask you a question, sir? Are you right to be angry. And the question probably us tonight, every time we get angry, if that question would be asked by the one whom we're angry with, are you right to be angry? I would think that most of the time it'd be answers no. I'm not right to be angry. I am angry, but I'm not right to be angry. Right? Most of the time it's just something that is a misunderstanding. Something is something that's not really been clear and been clarified. And, and you're angry over probably something else that happened at work or happened somewhere else. And when you get home, uh, the, the, the person that you're now in front of uh, gets your wrath because you've been hacked off all day long. Things happen in life. Then you come home, those who you love the most, they say, is the one who treats the worst. That's what they say, right? Kind of a, how it is. And so we find tonight, uh, you better make sure. That when you're angry, 
you're right. Because if you're angry and not right, you're dysfunctional. And what God was saying to Jonah, Jonah, are you right in being angry? And what he's really saying is, Jonah, you're not right to be angry. And so we find tonight a dysfunctional in his words. Dysfunctional tonight in his wish. But then we see he was dysfunctional in his walk. Look at verse 5. So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city and there made a booth and sat under it under the shadow till he might see what would become of the city. So here's his walk. Dysfunctional people do this. Uh, they don't answer the questions. They have no communication. Uh, they don't care to work anything out. They don't care to have conversation where, where you give a little and they give a little and you have a conversation where all things are just come out so that we can have peace again. That I hear the facts, you hear the facts. And you, have you ever had a conversation when somebody's yelling at you so loud that you can't even speak? You ever had that before? And when, have you ever had a conversation when you say, okay, let me explain what happened? You don't have to explain what happened. I know what happened. Well, how do you know what happened? You weren't even there. I can know what you got in your heart. I know what you got in your mind. I know what you're thinking. Man, that, don't be so dysfunctional with that. So what happens is, is they just, they walk off. And what did Jonah do? He just started walking to the city. <laughs> what was he going to the city for? Oh, i tell you what he's going to the city for. He's going to go to the city and he's going to sit down. He's got his arms crossed. He's, he's hacked off. And he's going to say, okay, God, you asked me a question. I don't even care to answer it. And so I'm just going to sit down at the city and I'm going to watch. You know what dysfunctional people do all the time? They get angry. And then they go and sit on the couch. And they just watch. Just zone in on everybody else. Just zone in. And they're taking notes. My child ain't doing that. Think of my husband. Yeah. I knew. Look at my daughter. I'm telling you. Just like her father. Just sit back. See, that's dysfunctional. That's dysfunctional. Do you live with somebody like that? Or are you somebody that somebody lives with? Dysfunctional in his walk. He left the conversation. He stayed away from the conflict. He built a cover to see what was coming. You know what Jonah was? Jonah was dysfunctional. I wonder how many dysfunctional Christians we have tonight. I wonder tonight. Number four, or number, number seven. I got seven points tonight. Well, I got more, but I got seven right now. I'll tell you number, number seven what he is. He's delusional. He's a delusional Christian. You ever met a delusional Christian? Jonah is one. And here's this delusion. His delusion tonight is to think that his behavior is acceptable with God. And when you start acting like Jonah acts, you're being delusional too. If you think that that type of behavior and that type of conduct will build your marriage, you're delusional. 
If you think tonight that that type of behavior and that type of conduct, walking off, getting angry, don't saying anything, don't let everybody, don't let people talk that you're trying to talk to, you over talk, you scream, you yell, you cuss, you do everything in the world, then you leave the room and stay gone forever and, uh, and all these kind of things. You're delusional to think that that behavior is acceptable by God. You're delusional. You'll do nothing but tear down. You'll tear down your spouse. You'll tear down your children. You'll tear down your home. You'll tear down your church. You'll tear down your society by living that way. Just think if everybody was just like you when you get angry, it would be a disaster, right? We'd all be in the same solemns. I mean, we'd all live in Austin where the crazy people are. We find tonight that to think this behavior is accepted with God is delusional because in verse 6, God is good to him. Look, it said, And the Lord prepared a gourd and made it to come over Jordan that it might be a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. Now, God was good to him, wasn't he? I mean, here he is. He didn't talk to, he didn't talk to God. He was rude and inconsiderate. He turned around and walked off and went and sat just watching Nineveh, see what's going to happen. And he built him a little old covering because the sun won't be beating on his head. And God said, well, that ain't enough. I'm going to give you something better. And so he built, he gave him a plant. God just put a plant, boom, right there, in the sand. And here comes a plant. This plant, this gourd, is a big old leaf plant. Has big old huge leaves. And these leaves just come setting over uh, Jonah, so he won't get his little bitty head hot. So he wouldn't get an extreme suntan on his bald head. I mean, he just walked away from God. He just went and sat down as he's being in your face, God, and God is so good to Jonah. And here's the thought, dear people. When you act like Jonah, and you treat people like you think he treated God. And people are still good to you. Why? It don't make much sense, does it? We find tonight that not only God is good to him, but God is gentle with him. In verse 7, God prepared a worm when the morning rose the next day and it smote the gourd that it withered. So God, so God made the gourd. The sun went down, and then next thing you know, here comes a worm. And God prepared the worm. He said to the worm, hey, worm, you like gourd? Man, I got you a midnight snack. I want you to eat it all up. I mean, every single piece of the leaf. I don't want anything for Jonah. I am going to eat that up. He's gentle with them. Because you know why? He could have done that during the sunlight. But he did it in the darkness. Whew. What a God. He could have put that leaf over him in about 2 o'clock, whenever it's the hottest of the day out in the desert where they were at. And it's 115 degrees. God says, hey, worm, go get you lunch, late lunch. And he's sitting out there. But he does it in the morning. He's gentle with old Jonah. And we find tonight, God, this is God's mercy, this is God's grace, God's kindness. And then we see, find that God is God before him. 
In verse 8, we see, and it came to pass when the sun did arise that God prepared a vehement east wind, and the sun did peat upon the Jonah, and he fainted and wished in himself to die, and, uh, and he said, it is better for me to die than to live. God prepared a tempest in chapter 1. God prepared a well there in chapter 1. God prepared a gourd. God prepared a worm. God prepared a wind. God is being God before him, isn't he? And we find tonight he fainted. He confessed to God in verse 8, I can't win. I can't win. You know why I can't win? So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wish in himself to die. For it is better for me to die than to live. He concluded, I don't want to live. You know, and most people tonight who get angry over something they ain't supposed to be angry over, they're the same mindset. Because angry people, don't want to live. Is that true? I know some. I know people today. They're angry all the time. They just get angry, and you say to them, "Why are you angry?" I don't know. You don't know. I remember when I first got married, and Debbie might be sad or sorrowful. I said, "What are you sad and sorrowful about?" What can I do? I don't know. What do you want me to do? Nothing. Why are you crying? Just crying. Right? Why are you mad? I don't know. I'm just mad. Now, men get like that too. What's wrong with us? We delusional. I mean, to think tonight that that, that behavior, that we're acting like that, is, is going to be okay. And we find tonight, whenever you get in that state, you know what you want to do? I want to die. I don't want to live no more. Oh, okay, Jonah. I mean, I prepared everything. I got everything for you. I did everything for you. And now you want to die. <laughs> That's delusional. That is delusional. God has met every need. God has done everything. God has been there. God has not left. God has been faithful. God has met the need of Jonah in every step of the way, and he wants to die. What's wrong with dysfunctional people? What's wrong with delusional people? Christians at that tonight. I mean, he saved your soul. He changed your life. He gave you the health you've got. He's given you the spouse you have. He's given you the children. He's given you the clothes on your back, the food on your table, the shoes on your feet. He's given you things. He's given you places to live and drive cars to drive. He's given you friends. He's given you church. He's given you the word of God. He's given you the spirit of God. He's given you the hope of heaven, reservation in heaven. Your name written down in the last book of life. He's promised you tomorrow he'll be there. He'll promise you next week he'll take care of you. There's never a time that God will not be with you. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Even to the end of the world, I will be with you. And you want to die. Delusional. Friend, you ought to want to live. But delusional Christians, they want to die. We find here tonight to think that you, your behavior is acceptable with God, you're delusional. Number two, to think that your belief 
is allowable with God. Look in verse 6, the last portion of it. He said, so Jonah was exceedingly glad of the gourd. Now, Jonah, you're talking about a hot mess. This is a hot mess. God saves 500, 600, a million people in a city. And they all believe God and they all turn from their sins. In Jonah chapter 4 verse 1, he says, but it displeased Jonah. That he was very angry. For he knew that God was a God that was gracious and mercy, kind, long-suffering, just. And now he is super excited over a gourd. Does that make sense to y'all? How can you be over here? You're, you're, you're very mad, vehemently mad, ferociously mad. I mean, you're hot. You're, you're burning up over people who just got saved. And over here, you're about to, you're, you're exceeding excited. You're jumping for joy. I mean, you're out of your mind. You're celebrating. You're thinking, man, this is the greatest life ever right here. You're super excited. And so over a plant. Delusional. Delusional. And all I'm saying tonight is, oh, jo- oh Jonah here, he didn't have his mind together. And how many times tonight? Do we take the spiritual things of God, the spiritual things of God, and we get we we don't we don't have any kind of do we, we say oh we don't care about all that and then the physical things the carnal things the worldly things we get excited. See, John over here in the spiritual side he was angry. Over here in the material side, over here in the in the physical side he was excited, and that's what's wrong with Christians today is they get so excited over the physical and the carnal and the material and the spiritual they don't get excited over. Does that sound like delusion to you? That's crazy. Hey, man, nah, don't go leave out here and tell, tell anybody I called you crazy. You see, with Jonah, to think that your belief is allowable with God, that things are more important than people. That gourd was more important than a person. That's right. Number two, the blessings of God are more more than the souls of man. You see, the reason why he he was so excited about that gourd because it covered the sun. But friend, when it came to the souls of men, he wasn't that excited. See, whenever it benefits you, and whenever you get a blessing from it, and whenever it covers you, and you don't have to suffer, and you ain't got no pain, boy, you're real excited about that. But on the other side, when people are about to die and go to hell, and people are about to find themselves in a place of judgment, you're not too excited about that. That comfort for you is more than suffering for others. Number three, to thank your bullying, the bullying is achievable with God. To thank your bullying is achievable with God. You can't bully God, but Jonah is. And verse 9, and the God said to Jonah, doest thou well to be angry for the gourd? 
And he said, I do well to be angry even unto death. So now we find that his bullying God by, by your temper. You're angry with sinners. Jonah, you're angry with Nineveh. Uh, Jonah, uh, you're angry with God. And Jonah, you are angry with the salvation. Do you notice, Jonah, in your story, in your life, Jonah, Jonah, do you know in the episode of what's going on here, do you know the only person angry in your story? It's Jonah. Did you notice that? That's what he's saying to, to Jonah. Jonah, get a grip. The only person in your life that's angry is you. Nobody else is angry. You're angry. And, I, and you're angry over the gourd. Not only do you see it by your temper, but we see it by your tongue. He said, I do well to be angry. He's talking back to God. He's talking, he said, I do well to be angry. God said, God said, are you well to be angry for the gourd? He said, oh, I do well to be angry. Talking back. What boldness here. He was rude to God. He was proudful to God. His tongue talking back. And then we notice that he was uh, bullying God by the way of his temper, by his tongue. But we notice by his thinking. He said, even unto death, I will not turn back God. I'm angry. And now I'm angry because you got rid of the gourd. Man, you need to set that behemoth in the east wind. And man, I got so hot, I didn't faint it. We find tonight, number five. Lastly, he's a dumbfounded Christian. A dumbfounded Christian. We want you to notice God has the last word. This chapter ends odd. It's a, it's a weird ending. If you read any other scriptures tonight, you'll not find an ending such as this. It just kind of ends. But it ends with God speaking. And just remember, dear Christian, he gets the last word. Always. We find... Three things. Number one, dumbfounded Christian here, you have compassion for a plant. Your mind is wrong, your heart is wrong, and your values are wrong. That plant is temporal. Why are you so angry over temporal things? Why do you get so angry over something so stupid? Like you left the mustard out of the refrigerator? Or... You didn't roll up the, the water hose on the outside. Oh, you get so angry. Whenever you washed out the plate and you didn't completely wash it out. You get so angry that when you're in your, somebody's in your car and they leave the cup. Am I, am I, am I saying things that are right? That we find ourselves in such anger over such temporary things. And we find ourselves at odds with each other. Over things that don't matter. 
Won't we get angry over things that matter? You didn't call me today. You're 30 minutes late. Where have you been? I, just, I don't get it. I don't get it tonight how we are so angry over temporal things. Things that don't mean nothing. I mean absolutely nothing. I've learned this after, I'll be 61 Wednesday. Did y'all know that? Okay. And I've learned over at 61, or 60 and almost 61, that there's just some things that I thought that really were important, that I really made a big deal over, that I really just took a stand and, and just put my foot down and said, no, uh-uh. At 61, it don't even matter. I look back and say, man, you were the dumbest thing ever. I mean, you have created problems with your wife, your children, your church, all these things. And man, today's in 60 years old, almost 61. It's like, man, you are dysfunctional and delusional. And tonight, we all do the same thing. And we find tonight in this, it's a temporary. And we find that it's short-lived. We find that it's valueless. See, that gourd had no value. It was here and gone, just like that. And many times we get angry over stuff like that. I'm talking about dove founded. So God says to him, he says, uh, you're mad at the, uh, the gourd, huh? You're mad about the gourd. And he says in verse 10, then said the Lord, thou hast had pity on the gourd, on the gourd and for that which thou hast not labored, neither madest it grow, which came up in the night and perished in a night. So he said, you had compassion on the plant. Is that correct? Okay. And then he says in verse 11, he says, you didn't have compassion for a people, but you did have compassion for a plant. So God commanded you to, and, he, and you disobeyed him. God commanded you to go to Nineveh, and you disobeyed him, and you're angry? God, as he sent you to Nineveh and you went to Tarshish you got on a ship and the mariners had to cast out their wares because the ship was breaking up and they were scared to death calling out onto their false gods and they didn't know what else to do so they started throwing everything off the ship into the sea so Jonah the mariners were throwing all their wares throwing all their stuff all their things that belonged to them and you're angry Jonah God saved all the Nineveh and you're angry. God was long-suffering and loving, loving kindness towards you, Jonah. And you're angry. Jonah, there in verse 11 where he says, uh, Wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between the right hand and the left hand. That's talking about children. 120,000 children who didn't know what was right, what was wrong, any of that. Jonah there's 120,000 children that could be destroyed, and you're angry. Jonah, there was much cattle that could be killed because God's going to overthrow them. 
And when God would overthrown it, he would overthrown all the 120,000 children. And they would have died as well. And all the cattle would have died. And Jonah, you're angry. It ends. Jonah said nothing. He's dumbfounded. Jonah had nothing to say. Jonah wasn't asked to say anything. Jonah couldn't say one word. You see, in chapter number one, Jonah was a protester. In chapter two, Jonah was one who praised. In chapter three, Jonah preached. In chapter four, Jonah prayed. In chapter four, Jonah pouted. And in chapter four, Jonah pathetic. Help us tonight, God, that we wouldn't be pathetic. God, help us tonight. And that we would pray to the Lord. God, I am pathetic. And I repent of being pathetic. Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you would take heart to this message tonight. If you would not rebel against it, if you would not turn from it. If you would listen to it and you would take it in tonight. It would transform your home. It would transform your life. It would transform your workplace. Tonight, if we take the word of God tonight and what he said to us. I wonder tonight, is there anybody like Jonah tonight? Just pathetic Christian. Don't want to be. You say, well, brother, you, you're putting me on a spot right now because if I come down to the altar, everybody knows I'm a pathetic Christian. Well, God knows you're a pathetic Christian, Christian already. And really, he's the only one that needs to be concerned about. It doesn't matter tonight what everybody else is thinking. It matters what God thinks, and it matters what you think. How about you tonight? Would you come? You sing, Brother George. and You say, you know what? I, I don't want to be a pathetic Christian. A Christian that's displeased. A Christian that's dysfunctional. A Christian that's disillusioned. And a Christian that's dumbfounded. I don't want to leave with God and I have nothing to say. That's a, not a very good way to leave a conversation with God. We just don't have anything to say. How about you tonight? Some have come. Would you come? Let's just do business tonight with God. Let's get it right at the home. Let's get it right at the marriage. Let's get it right. At the church. It's just time. It's just time. It's time. It's time tonight. It's time that we just decide that I'm not going to be a pathetic Christian. I'm not. I'm just not, Lord. Help me not to be displeased with you. Help me not be dysfunctional and disillusioned and dumbfounded. Help me not to pout. God, help me tonight not to be pathetic. Oh, would anybody else come tonight? Won't you just be saved tonight?
How about you tonight? Anybody else tonight? Just come pray. Just need you, Lord. Just ask for the help of the Lord. I praise you for it. I honor you, Lord. I give you glory. I give you praise. I pray, Lord, that today I'll be different. I'll change. I'll not be as he is. Give God the glory. Blessed be his name. Hallowed be his name. Yes, Lord. Rescue the perishing, care for the dying, snatch them in pity from sin and the Red! Really? 